0: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. Hey everyone, I am so grateful for all of the downloads, and I'd love a rating on iTunes and a comment. And please subscribe, it helps the show's rating so other people can find it and learn how to age well. And if you are loving the podcast, why not check out the companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. You can access it through my website, NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging. It's based on the Harvard Study of Adult Development, and I'm really proud of how it's turned out. Well, I've got my coffee in my hand and my trusty dog Sparky beside me, so let's begin. Carrie Lutheran is the owner of Pretty Neat and is a trained interior designer, speaker, and professional organizer. And although she is highly skilled in his years of training, she likes to take the stress out of the process and help her clients not feel ashamed or intimidated. And she's going to talk with us today about organization and clutter control, particularly as it relates to middle age and beyond. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Nicole. Thanks. Tell me about decluttering. It seems to be a pretty hot topic right now. What what do you think's going on that everyone's talking about decluttering?
1: Yeah, I think organizing and decluttering is certainly having a moment right now, and that's for a couple reasons. Our access to images and the work of designers and professional organizers is so accessible to everyone. Um, I think people who maybe hadn't thought about buying these cool containers are now seeing that stuff and getting excited about it. But I think a big reason has to do with the changing population and this idea of the sandwich generation. And we have a lot of people who um, are inheriting stuff from the older generation. They maybe still have kids at home or their kids have recently left home. And with all of those, those people, you know, the changes in life, there's often um, a lot of clutter that goes along with that. And it's just about, I think we have a, a large portion of the population trying to manage all of those things right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's that sort of demographic and the, 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 the sort of the fact of when you're, you know, you're parents are aging um or even dying you're left with stuff and when your kids are launching um their stuff and when and when and if they come back they unlaunch they bring their stuff with them right yeah there's even i i remember seeing a commercial i don't know what it was for i think it was internet service where the the kid Obviously, 20 is in the basement and making jokes about how long he's going to stay there. And I'm sure he brought his stuff with him. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, you know, there, what I really like about your work is how sensitive you are to the emotional issues that surround decluttering. And I'm wondering how you help people with the, the sentimental aspect, like. You know, my son made these pictures in fourth grade and and he's leaving for college. I don't want to throw them away, but I don't need every single drawing he's ever made in, in grade school. How do you help people with the emotional parts of this?
1: Yeah, the emotional stuff is definitely the hardest piece of decluttering and getting organized. We get emotionally attached to our things and they... Um, They're symbolic of certain points in our life or of certain people in our life and it makes it really difficult to get rid of those things. One of the things that I try to talk to my clients about is the amount of stuff that you keep has an impact on how meaningful the things are. So with the example you gave of the artwork and papers and things that your kids brought home from school, if you keep every one of those things from your your child's entire school career, you're going to be left with boxes upon boxes of these sentimental items. And when you have that volume of stuff, it all kind of becomes meaningless. It's just too much to process. And also the likelihood of anybody, you or your children, ever looking through that stuff, if it's 10 or 12 boxes worth is is <laughs> it's never going to happen. No one's going to take out, you know, the block out the entire weekend to go through their old school papers. But if you are able to limit it to maybe one box per child, mm. that's a reasonable amount of stuff for, you know, you or your child at some point to spend an hour in the afternoon flipping through and and getting that, you know, sentimental feeling. But it's not overwhelming. And also, the fewer things we keep, the more meaningful each one has. Mm -hmm. So an example of that might be a parent that has passed away, and you're tasked with cleaning out their entire house. If you keep that entire house worth of stuff in your garage or in a storage facility, again, it's all going to be meaningless. And it's just an overwhelming amount. If you are able to just pick out those five items that were really meaningful to that person or really say something important about who they are, those, those few things are each gonna have so much meaning for you and you're gonna be able to have them in your home on display or use them and be reminded of that person rather than every item they ever owned stuffed in, in a storage space somewhere.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know what it makes me think about how our minds work how our brains work and you're talking about getting overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and that we have to uh, be um, sort of mindful about One of the problems of keeping everything is that it doesn't feel good in some ways It sounds like it feels good because you're afraid to let go but in another way it feels overwhelming and too much, and it diffuses the,
1: the meaningful
0: aspect. Is Absolutely. that right? Absolutely.
1: I think it can add stress to our lives mm-hmm. when we have too much stuff. I really believe that our physical environment has an impact on our psychological state, on our emotional state. And if you're surrounded by clutter, that's, that's going to be affecting you in a negative way. So there's that to consider. And, yeah, I think... Um, the doing the work of paring those things down, there's definitely some discomfort there, and having to throw out some of those school papers or those sentimental items from your parents' house it's hard, it's the hardest part of doing this. But if you can do that, if you can really um, do some self reflection and ask yourself, you know, what which things here are really the important ones to me, which are really kind of the few gems. Of this whole volume of stuff and if you can pare those down I think um, you know you will feel so much better about what you're left with and the fact that you're not weighed down by all that other stuff
0: you know you're talking about this and it just makes so much sense on so many levels but we are living in a culture of consumption so you're it, it's sort of opposite of what we're told um, every day. Where if you get a new, you know, uh, shampoo, your hair mm-hmm. is going to look like a Kardashian. <laughs> if you right? get, you know, if you get a new, uh, whatever, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. every single thing that shopping is really, in our country any anyway, is really recreation for many people. Definitely. So. These two things seem to be clashing, letting go and finding meaning in few things and being surrounded by the message that Target is, you know, sort of a spiritual experience. You (laughs) go in and get your, you know, your deepest needs met. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to speak
1: to that at all? Sure. I, yeah, it's undeniable, um, how many advertisements we're exposed to just in a single day is is huge now. And I think just being a savvy consumer, realizing that all of these ads are designed for that purpose, to make you spend your money. And they are doing that by appealing to your, um, your emotions, like you're saying, you know, this thing is going to make your life better. It's going to make you happier. It's going to make you prettier, whatever the message is.
0: Mm-hmm. More lovable is, is at
1: this Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I think just being aware of that. And when you, when you see ads, you know, try to take a step back and ask yourself, what is this what is this really selling me? It's selling me a product, but what are they really trying to appeal to? And and is it working? And, um, you know, just being aware of that, I think, can make you less of a victim to it. Um, and then I think when you're shopping, also, there's this idea of purchasing things for, I, I might call it, our aspirational self. So you're in Target and you see this beautiful object. And you think, oh, you know, I want to be the kind of person who has this kind of thing displayed in my living room. Or, you know, this area rug is really says something about the kind of person I want to be. And, you know, again, just to be aware of that. And also to think about what, which of these things really do have a place in your life. Um, are these things um Are you really that person, that aspirational self, or is it just this wishful thinking? Um, I think uh, an example of that might be uh, kitchen gadgets and things like that. You know, you're you're walking around and you're like, I'm I'm gonna start baking all of my own bread, and um, so you are tempted then to buy this fancy, expensive bread maker and you bring it home and maybe you make a loaf or two and then it gets stuffed in a closet somewhere. And And those things have big footprints. They do. I can tell you from personal
0: experience.
1: And, you know, when you, you probably have some of these things in your house right now and they're stuffed away somewhere. And every time you come across them, it makes you feel bad. It makes you feel guilty that you didn't follow through with that, that you spent money on something that you didn't end up using. And... You know, first of all, you don't need to keep those things that you didn't end up using. I'm giving everyone permission to get rid of those guilt objects. But also, you know, try to try to head that off when you're making the purchases. And instead of just thinking in terms of, "Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this person. Ask yourself, am I this person? Am I the kind of person that's going to take the time to do these activities? Do these activities fit in my life right now? And if they don't, you know, don't waste your money on it. And don't waste your kind of emotional self on it either.
0: I love the way you talk about identity. Um, and I knew you would talk about it. That's why I, I was talked excited. talked about to, that before. Yeah, yeah, I love the way you talk about what is this thing? Thing mean about me I have a KitchenAid you know uh, yeah. blender what does that mean am I gonna be invited on the, you know create WCNY <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not likely um, but I love the way you talk about identity and it really fits in with this idea of people particularly you know we're, we're focusing on women mm-hmm. in this life stage creating a new life we're in a new phase our kids if we had them launched or are going to launch or there's a plan for them um, of some kind you know we may or may not be assessing our marriage we're assessing you know what's going on with work are we going to retire there's just so many questions and i think Mm -hmm. what this really fits beautifully into creating the life that really fits Who you are and and having to take a a look at who do you want to be and what does that look like and it probably Doesn't require buying a lot of stuff.
1: No, it probably doesn't and those changes are really internal And that's I know that's the kind of work that you do is about that Um, I do think that our stuff shapes us in a way our environment shapes us and so doing some thinking about yes who you are now what fits into your life now and also as you're saying who do you want to be in this new phase of life and and what are the things that are going to support that so really I I think doing the work up front on the self-reflection piece and figuring that out and rather than getting wrapped up in oh, you know, this ad showed me this person, and I think that's what I want to be, really looking inward and asking, you know, how do I want to be spending my time? How do I want my life to look? And then making the decisions about, okay, what stuff might I need for that? I would venture to guess, though, for a lot of people, it's going to be about paring down more than it is going to be about going out and buying a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and I, I was thinking, you know, about Target, mm-hmm. um, and now they have, um, you know, they have they've always had designers that um, you know uh, work for them, but now they have is it Joanna Hyland? What what's what's her name? It's uh sh- they do a um oh a show. Joanna Gaines, Joanna Gaines, yeah, yeah, and um so not only ca- is there a, you know, in your mind, like, oh, wow, I could, you can actually buy the stuff that she designed. I mean, it is like, here's the path. To trying to have her life, this stuff mm, is what mm-hmm. she designed, and they really make it easy for you to say, "Well, if Joanna likes it, it must be beautiful." Because look at her; she's lovely, she's beautiful,
1: she's right. successful, she has she's wealthy, beautiful family. Yes, yeah. she's on yes. a magazine of her own making. Right. Absolutely. So they make it very very
0: tempting and seductive i think to say well of course i who wouldn't want to be like her look at her right right
1: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i wish i had that hair yeah absolutely um and i think she's a she's a good example i mean she has created this very strong brand for herself and for her business and a lot of people have fallen in love with that brand and they they want to be like her and it's the whole package as you're saying it's her family it's her home it's the way she looks it's you know her business but again the question is none of us are her and very few of us does does her life fit for us I mean we're all individuals so again it comes down to you know what do you want what fits for you and if we can even just talk um, about her design um, which is which is lovely but you know not everyone lives in a farmhouse and so buying all these farmhouse things maybe doesn't fit into your home in terms of a, a design sense and you can use that I guess as a metaphor for mm-hmm. you know, You don't live in a farmhouse. You're not Joanna Gaines. You don't necessarily need to go buy all of her stuff.
0: It reminds me of, I read about um, when uh, Cindy Crawford was a big, you know, was one of the Mm -hmm. top models. And she said in the morning, even she doesn't look like Cindy Crawford. Absolutely. And I suspect Joanne wakes up, you know, looking a little bleary-eyed just like the rest of us. Yeah, she's
1: got a bunch of kids. I'm sure she's not, you know, (laughs) Pinterest-ready or Instagram-ready. And that's the hard thing right now. I think we have, we're inundated with these images of people and of spaces and of stuff and it's everywhere and it really it promotes this idea of perfection and it's it's not realistic and it's important to to think of that it's it's hard to remember that but when we see pictures of her or any other celebrity um or designers home or whatever that you know that's not that's not an everyday kind of life that's just that's been done specifically for the picture Hello
0: Zestful Agers, just a short intermission to thank you for the incredible amount of downloads. I love creating this podcast and it's so satisfying to know that you are enjoying it too. Creating and hosting Zestful Aging has been a blast. But it does require time and resources to deliver a new interview to you every week. So I've signed up with Patreon, which is kind of like Kickstarter, but for ongoing artistic projects. Unlike Kickstarter, the donations are recurrent and the amount is usually smaller. When you become a patron of Zestful Aging, you will receive special benefits like behind-the-scenes info, a place to communicate with other listeners as well as other bonuses. You can donate for each podcast. The amount is totally up to you. The funds will be used to hire a professional editor and make equipment upgrades and travel to interview guests like to New York City to interview participants in the Diversity Fashion Show, created by Katherine Schuler, a guest we will have on the show in a few weeks. So join my exclusive community. Go to patreon.com forward slash Zestful Aging, and thank you for contributing to the ongoing success of Zestful Aging. Now, back to our interview. So what i'm I'm get gathering, and I think this is such a good message, is you have to be a smart consumer. And, you know, millions upon millions of dollars are spent trying to convince us that we need this to be, you know, lovable, quality human mm-hmm. beings. And it's our job to say, is buying this vase gonna make me more of the kind of person I want to be? Um, and th- those are big, big questions.
1: They are big questions, and it really goes beyond just oh, my house is messy and I want to fix it up. It's really, um, and I think you know, for for your audience here, this idea of figuring out what you want to be doing with your life, figuring out who you want to be in a new phase. Doing, that, the, doing the thinking about that first and, and taking a, a pause before you just go out and buy a bunch of things, I think is really the message we're trying to get at here. That's
0: great, great stuff, Carrie. So take me through uh, how this looks. Let's say I give you a call and I say, you know... Uh, I'm not going to be on a, an episode of Hoarders, but I do have some issues, mm-hmm. and my issues are around my craft stuff, my yarn, um, and I've been okay with kitchen stuff, but I I do get sucked into that. I need the kind of tongs that Patty has on Patty's Mexican table, <laughs> and um, I right. have been searching for them. <laughs> right, right. Right. Uh, What's the process? Someone calls you and says, "You know, I have tried. I've done the uh, what is it holding up things and see if they bring me joy mm-hmm. um, and I'm
1: stuck. so tell me tell me how it goes for you. What does it look like? sure. i I meet with people one- on one in their homes, and I first ask a lot of questions about, this is kind of the stuff that we're we're already covering. I start with function. So how do you want your space to work? Um, What do you wanna be doing in here? What are the activities you wanna be doing? Um, What would you like to be doing in here that maybe you don't have room to do? You know, Do you wanna have a dedicated craft space? Do you wanna have a space for hobbies? Do you need to have more workspace in your kitchen? So it really starts with function and then Really going through the items, there there isn't a shortcut to this. Unfortunately, of decluttering, you really do have to go through pretty much item by item and ask yourself some of these questions. So yes, does this bring me joy? Um, Marie Kondo's book, you know, that was that was really big for a while, and I think that's an important question to ask. But um, another question I think is, does this bring value to my life? And value can mean different things. You know, value can mean it's a useful object, but value can also mean it really makes me happy when I look at this thing. And um, so so asking questions like that, um, when's the last time I used this? Um, you know, I, there's, there's a lot that we can touch on, but I think um, really just examining each item one by one, and also looking at things As a group so um, one of the pieces of advice Marie Kondo gives is to do decluttering category by category as opposed to area by area and I think that can really help people if you gather all of a like item together like everything that you own so say for example you have a lot of books a lot of people have a lot of books if you were to gather every single book in your house in one place at one time you would probably be a little bit shocked at how many books you own and and then asking yourself you know is are these serving me in any way or are they just taking up my space and I think if we sometimes going through category by category can be a good way of shocking ourselves a little bit into oh I do own a lot of this and Ten doubles of some yes exactly um so so yeah, I think that's, that's like I said, there isn't a, a shortcut to the process, but really looking through your stuff, I, I encourage people to be really intentional about what they keep. So the point is not to just, for me to come in and force you to get rid of the things that you love and the things that you're using. It's, it becomes very automatic, the kinds of things that we surround ourselves with. When you live with objects in your house, they become kind of part of the scenery and we stop thinking about them in terms of, you know, what is this? What is this doing for me? Is this useful? Is this beautiful? Do I love it? It just becomes a thing that's there.
0: It almost becomes invisible. You walk Absolutely. over it every day. Absolutely. It's just part of, you know, your morning ritual. You might walk over or just like clear your counter right. to make push your it coffee. to the side. Yeah.
1: Absolutely and that's something that I think bringing in a, a professional it forces you to look at your things a little more objectively because again you see them every day you share your life with them they have become invisible to you but then someone like me comes in and says why do you keep that on the kitchen counter and it it shocks you out of that a little bit to say like I don't know why do I just because it's always been there so um, Yeah, just becoming more intentional and and trying to look at your home as if you didn't live there. This is a hard thing to do, but if you can try to look around your rooms and ask yourself, like, if I was just walking in here for the first time today, would this make sense? Would these storage decisions make sense? Would, you know, this, whatever this object is that's just kind of hanging out in the corner here, would I think that was weird? And, and, And start asking yourself those questions about you know the decisions that you've made or maybe they've just kinda ended up there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, um, when I'm able to do that most successfully is if I've been on a trip mm. and then I come back and you can sort of look at your your home with fresh eyes and think, wow, you know, that that's not as attractive as I thought Right, 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 why <laughs> did not I do as that? Useful. <laughs> yeah, you have a little bit of a fresh, fresh look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. Um what are the things that in your in your life are the most challenging in terms of clutter and holding on to things? Oh boy. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Would you talk the about the therapist that? comes that's out. That's right. We're going to have a little session now. That's right. Um for me, paper is huge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Um, I just did a big file clean out, but I, it's a constant process. And part of that is because we all have, you know, papers always coming in. And so it can be difficult to manage if you don't have some systems in place for what you're going to keep, what you're going to toss. I also am a paper crafter. And we've talked about crafting mm-hmm. and hobbies. And so I hang on to a lot of paper memorabilia and things for that reason with the idea that I'm going to put this in a scrapbook or a memory planner or whatever. Um, and whether that happens or not is another question, I think, is anyone who has a crafting hobby knows that the accumulation of supplies is—it's almost a hobby in and of itself, <laughs> separate from doing the hobby.
0: That's right. It's all about the acquisition.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that can be challenging. Um, and I—I'll admit I'm a somewhat sentimental person, and not about everything, but. Um, you know about things like like letters and you know back when people actually wrote things down I was thinking about this I have notes from you know friends in school that had sent me or when I went to college I have some letters that you know family and friends sent me when I was away at school and those things um, are hard to part with and I kind of justify it in that they don't take up a huge amount of space it's not like a piece of furniture or something but at the same time, um, it's like, how much of this stuff? When's the last time I even looked at any of these things? Um, and I know some people have um, have talked about scanning that stuff so that you can retain a digital copy of it and you can kind of get rid of the physical object. But for me, the, I, I just have a thing about paper. I mean, I've always mm-hmm. office supplies and stickers. I mean, since I was a kid. So that's that's something that having the physical object for me is important.
0: So it's not gonna be perfect. It sounds like what you're saying is it's not like you're either a clutterer or a minimalist.
1: Oh, absolutely So
0: you're saying that like most of what you do feels good in terms of being intentional, but you're allowing yourself to have this area which is-
1: Absolutely. It's, It's not one size fits all. And I think we're all on this continuum and when I work with people in their homes, I tell them that, you know, what what works for me is going to be different for you. And we all have a different, um, you know, we all have a different level of clutter that we're okay with mm-hmm. or feel comfortable with. And some people really like stuff out in the open. They like to be have everything visible. Other people like to have it, everything hidden away and stashed in drawers and in closets. And so, again getting back to that self-reflection of what's my kind of organizing style what makes me feel best and um you know that can get interesting when you have different styles living together which we often do Mm -hmm. but but accepting that about yourself and also the the intentionality what are the important things to me just because the notes I have kept from high school are important to me another person would be like that's junk just toss it out and Uh and by the same token there are things that i go to people's homes and i'm kind of stumped as to why they're hanging on to it Uh but i say to them if it's meaningful for you if it's bringing you joy if it's useful for you then it makes sense for you so figuring those things out for yourself i think it's all about self-reflection and self-acceptance
0: yeah, I'm just thinking about what a life-changing experience this this might be for someone who mm-hmm. has to, you know, who's asking themselves these questions in a way maybe they never have before. Um, I want to switch gears for a minute um, and talk about something a little bit less fun, mm-hmm. and that uh, is the end-of-life issues to consider in terms of having paperwork in order, um, and, uh, having physical belongings, you know, uh, up to the rafters in your garage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked earlier about the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. Can you talk a little bit about, um, what, what is important to consider as a middle-aged and over woman in terms of paper, getting paperwork in order, mm-hmm for the next generation
1: yeah yeah I think just thinking about um, the legacy that you leave to the you know your family and the people who are left after you're gone it's a, it's not anything that we want to think about but it's a reality of life and you know do you want to leave a house jam-packed with clutter for your kids or your whoever's left of your family to have to deal with. Um, the paperwork thing is huge. Um, I I lost a grandfather a couple of years ago and my um, luckily he and my mother had had a lot of conversations about financial things where he you know which banks he had used and that type of thing. And so she after he had passed had to go around and address all of those financial things. And she had a conversation with someone at one of the banks who said that they pretty regularly see people come in who have no idea where their parents had had their accounts. And the only option they have is to go from bank to bank to bank. Oh my goodness. Trying to find that While out. While they're grieving. Exactly. And so if you can, again, no one likes to think about their their death but if you can think about you know what is going to happen after that and who is going to have to deal with my affairs and the financial pieces and all of that and how can i make it as easy as possible and the um the gentle art of swedish death cleaning talks about this real specifically but i one of the ideas that i love about that is getting rid of the clutter and getting your paperwork in order it's a gift that you're you're giving to the next of kin and i just think that's a beautiful idea mm-hmm. and you know especially for parents i think it's always about trying to make things easier for your kids and um you know this is this is really an important way you can do that mm-hmm. and um i think it's you know it, it, and that All of this type of work, again, it's not everyone's idea of fun, decluttering, getting your paperwork in order. Um, It's kind of my idea of fun, but I'm a weird person that way. Um, But I think the key to actually doing it is figuring out something that motivates you. You know, what makes it important enough to you to spend your time doing it? Because Mm -hmm. it's probably not what you want to be doing on your Saturday. Mm -hmm. But if you can think about, oh, I'm, this is something I'm actually doing for my family and it's going to make their life easier, that maybe for you, that's the motivation that's going to kind of give you that push to, to dig through those boxes and, and get that paperwork in order, um.
0: Um, And a carafe of coffee and some music, Absolutely. There's
1: always ways of making it a little more palatable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think, you know, when we boil it down, you're asking these existential questions, which are, you know, what really brings us meaning. Mm -hmm. And these are questions that, you know, are very important in this phase of life. You know, how do we create the life we want? And what really adds value to my life? And these are all questions that, um, you know, we've talked about in other podcasts, I've talked about in my online course. These are are the basic, basic questions. It's not just about, you know, let's clean up your space and throw away Mm -hmm. magazines. Mm -hmm. And I really love the way, you know, you bring this whole emotional sensitivity to your work that you understand and i and i I love on your website you talk about it not being you know a judgmental process absolutely you're not not. coming in and
1: saying oh what a slob we gotta we gotta (laughs) fix this problem i yeah i just told you about my paper clutter so (laughs) and people ask me a lot like oh your house must be perfect and i'm probably neater than the average person but we all have our challenges and i i am very sympathetic to that
0: yeah well i think that you know, you're bringing a lot of different skills to this, and I could see how it would be hugely beneficial for someone to um, think about this with you, and I know you have a lot of different ways uh, for them to hire
1: you. Um, tell me where they can find you. Sure. The best place is to go to my website. It's pretty prettyneatsolutions.com. And there's information about all the services that I offer, a little bit of information about me, more than um, we've talked about here today, Mm -hmm. and um, information about classes that I'm offering coming up. I have a decluttering challenge that um, I sponsor through my Facebook page. So all the information is there on my website.
0: That's great. I really appreciate you coming and talking to us today about you know, these, these, they're very deep issues. It's not surprisingly deep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it really hits home with a lot of people who are saying, okay, what now? What do I want my life to look like? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is such an important aspect of that. So thank you again, Carrie. And I will put all of that information up on the notes. And um, I appreciate you coming in. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. Please subscribe, comment, and rate me on iTunes. I love those five stars. Like and share. Those actions help other people find the show. And I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. Want more Zest? Head over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging, no spaces, where you can find my companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.